Welcome to the Retro Video Store Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Retro Video Store Podcast. I'm your host, Eric. Hi, Eric. And that's my co-host, Neil. I'm Neil. And who is not here but is with us, at least in the text chain? That would be David. He's out with there us working. Te- out, he's with us in group text, at least. Yes, in spirit. In the spirit world. Yeah, he, he, um, <laughs> he called me up and was like, Neil, there was this guy walking around playing bagpipes, and I was thinking of you. And I'm like, well, that's how you practice, really. You got to walk because it's a marching instrument. So he's out there, at least you know, at least in a civilized area where he's hearing some good music. So good for him. <laughs> good for him. Cool. So today is the second week of Turkey Month. Actually, no, the third week, because we did Slumber Party Massacre. Then we did No Holes Barred. And now we're continuing. I don't, I don't like the way you're saying this with that shitty grin on your face, because you know how bad this is. You're just like enjoying how bad this is. Today, we are doing Street Fighter from 1994. Oh. Do you notice that before we even started recording, we spent a lot of time just talking about nothing? Because we were, <laughs> yeah, we're trying to avoid it. We we're trying to avoid talking about this. So, and I, I see actually that we- kind of enjoy this movie in a way. It's kind of fun in a campy kind of Batman 66 sort of way. That was exactly what I was thinking, too. Yeah, but um, it's not really a good movie with martial arts and fighting and stuff. Parts of this movie made me laugh my ass off though. They were just so bad. They made me laugh out loud, (laughs) which prompted my wife to ask, what is wrong with you? This isn't funny. I'm like, no, it's just so bad. It's funny. Mm -hmm. And there was some intentional humor in here too, because guy wanted to make it funny, but we'll we'll talk about it a little more. Let's, let's do what we always do first though. Neil, what did you watch this week? Um, 3000 years of loneliness. Um, not a bad movie. Is that the David? I'm sorry. Is that the David autobiography? <laughs> <laughs> you messed that up. It oh, could no. have been. It could have been so good, but you fucked it up. Don't edit that out. We just got to roll with it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David, you, I'm here defending your honor. That's your brother-in-law right there talking shit. <laughs> so, what was it about? Um, there is. It's it's kind of difficult to tie down, but it, the gist of it is there is a jinn who has been in some way or another trying to listen and be listened to and trying to find love for like 3,000 years. Hmm. It's a very, very interesting. It's a very trippy, very surreal film. Um, I think I was just in the mood for it. Um, that was it was okay. I just started, and I can't think of the name of it because I was watching it right before we went to record. This uh, that film with Timothy Chalamet where he's uh, a cannibal. Oh, I know what you're, you're talking about. Yeah, so I don't know. I, the, I can't think of the name of it right off the top of my head. I can't think of the young woman who was starring in it. I maybe got about thirty minutes in, so uh-huh. that's that's that was what I was watching because you know. It, had some time off this week and drove up the coast and spent some time with the family. So there's not a lot of movie watching. Um, so I imagine that you were still at work and busting your ass all week. So I don't know how was, what was football like this week? Did you watch any movies? Well, actually I was sick one day this week and I watched a bunch of movies. I've actually watched a bunch of movies this week and I will explain one movie that I had always wanted to see. And watched it, and it was completely funny and awful and, and weird all at the same time. But first, I watched uh, on the Pluto TV, they have a Godzilla channel. Mm-hmm. So I watched part of Godzilla versus Megalon, and then Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, and had, had me a good time because I love both of those. Got your, got your jet Jaguar, got your King Caesar, you know, just everything you want in, a God, in uh, 70s Godzilla movies. I enjoyed that. And then on uh, yesterday, I watched part of Conan the Barbarian. Oh, yeah. You sent me a picture awesome. of that too. God, what a great movie. We should do that one. I've heard that movie's really good. I've only seen parts of it. <laughs> well, I watched the last, the last 45 minutes in just everything is so good. Music. Awesome. Set design. Awesome. Costumes. Awesome. Action. Amazing. Just all of it is just so good. This mm. is, it's just one of the best. 
of the 80s. So good. Oh, should I do my brag that I was sending you pictures of my um, Godzilla minus one tickets that I already purchased? Yes. My, my pre-sale tickets. You got to get on and do it. It's at, uh, it's at our local, it's going to be at our local Cinemark. Yeah. You got to get mm-hmm. on and get those, man. That way we'll have something to talk about. Yes. Definitely want to see it. I'm going to see it hopefully the first week. So first, first day or two, it comes out. I'm excited for it. Go to the theater for that one. But when I was sick, I was laying on the couch and I was just like looking through I went through almost every streaming service and I was just looking what movies they had. And I was on Pluto and they have an on-demand section and I was looking through the dramas and they had a movie that I had seen the box of and put the box away a lot, a lot of times at Hastings. And it was the 70s softcore French movie called The Story of O. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the that with, <laughs> with that. Yeah, I'm I'm and, familiar with that. Uh, and I had never ever seen it, and I was like, man, I always went when I was working at Hastings. Oh, I should rent that. I should rent that, and then I never did. And man, it is a product of its time. It is very, very, very seventies Euro softcore kind of movie. It's got Udo Kier, and he's very young and kind of handsome in the movie. And it is like Fifty Shades of Grey thinks that Fifty Shades of Grey would be, but it is not dated very well, very misogynistic. And all the French guys are like older and not good looking, and all the French women are beautiful, but uh, everybody's smoking like a chimney. Nobody's ever heard of grooming at all. There was some... You know, there was like a, the fire level danger was high because the bush was, was grown out. <laughs> and I watched it and I'm like, I, it was dubbed and then, but the dub was bad because they would go with a full scene and they would be speaking in French and then they would go back to the dub. Then another scene would show up and they would go and they would be speaking in French again. And it is crazy dated. There's no way that would fly today just the blase misogyny and you know just violence against women and stuff is just very very of its time and i almost thought about turning it off like two or three times but like i'm like i'm almost i'm already through this let's let's get it get it done and it is not sexy at all not not in any way but no uh, no she's she's trained to be i'm not gonna ru- i'm not gonna ruin this for anybody but i am gonna ruin it trained to be a sexual slave for a secret society yeah. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. that novel was pub the, the the novel was like in the forties or fifties. Yeah, in the fifties. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they made the movie out of it and it was banned all sorts of places like that. And it turned out a woman wrote the book, which is kind of shocking. But yeah. If you want to waste two hours and watching something that you're like, this it's like a a snapshot of a certain time period of when that kind of movie was popular. Like that I had, I am curious yellow and you know, all these other foreign movies that were coming out with that were much more risque. And this one came out and it is, it just, it's laughable in certain ways, but also you're like, Oh my God, that would not fly today. Not sexy at all, but no, I'm sure people wanted to hear me talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like, it sounds like when they got that, the, the, um, Oh my God. What was the, um, the group, they had the one actress that was on Smallville and she was actually a recruiter for it. Nexium or whatever it is. Yeah. Nexium, Nexium, the, uh, Nexium or something. Nexium or Nexium right next to Prilosec. Oh, sorry. Um, Nexium. Yeah. Nexium, whatever it is. It it, it has, it has vibes like that. And then, yeah. And then you find out like, oh yeah, this, this, this stuff still kind of is going on. Maybe, maybe they got a hold of the story of, oh, and decided they would just start their own thing. Yeah, it just it was very unusual, but it's one of those movies like, hey, I've always wanted to see this. I can't believe this is on a streaming service with any kid could <laughs> turn it on at home. It reminded me of my youthful days and when at night when you would turn on um, the movie channel or or cinema or Skinamax and Showtime and they would show something salacious like that. But it was it was kind of entertaining. I was in the house by myself. I'm like Nobody else is going to judge me for watching this, so I'm going to watch it. But also turn myself in on the podcast about <laughs> watching it. <laughs> nothing, nothing like some piercings and branding. Yeah, um, kind of, all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah, very, uh, very unusual. But 
You know, you know what happens when we start doing turkey movies, movies for Turkey Month? We don't talk about the movies much. We try to talk about everything else but. That and listenership takes a dive. Takes a dive. <laughs> it has. I haven't looked at the numbers. They take a, take a giant shit these last yeah, couple they're, weeks. Yeah, they're not, you know, October is usually a high water month for us. And we, we're riding high on the wave of October listening. And then we decide to uh, turn off the audience by watching movies that people don't really care about except for us. <laughs> or movies are like, why would you want to review that? But Street Fighter, the video game, has holds a, a you know a place in my heart as one of the greatest video games of all time. Oh yeah, and Street Fighter Two, especially. Yeah, and I went in. I was on YouTube, and I watched the original Street Fighter, which is very primitive compared to Street Fighter Two. Street Fighter Two was a like light years ahead of the original Street Fighter, but I went. Going, went to the uh, University of New Mexico in the fall of 91 and Street Fighter Mania was sweeping the campus. Every dorm or arcade had Street Fighter 2 there and it was just, uh, it was everywhere. What was your first memory of uh, the Street Fighter game? Oh yeah, playing it in arcades and then getting um, Street Fighter 2. I said Super Nintendo? I think it was Super yeah. Nintendo. Super Nintendo had the best port of the uh, Street Fighter games, they were. It was actually pretty similar to the uh, arcade game, and you know you could you could um, contr- change the controller, customize it, where you would always move the the uh, lowest level kicks to the paddle, and then move the higher level kicks to the uh, to the button, so you could kind of get that out quicker. See, I played Chun Li, so I put the middle ones up there, so I could sit there and tap that with my finger really quick up top. Pop, 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 pop. Yeah. She and I'm sure we'll get to who our favorite characters were in this, in the game. Well, they tried to shove them all in the game. Mm-hmm. They were all in there. It took me for, uh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. We'll talk about it. No, go ahead. We'll get there. DJ was actually, <laughs> was actually a pretty fun character, but he's, mm-hmm. he's just relegated to like, Hey, I'm sorry, Bison, but the guys are coming down the river for us. No, <laughs> it's like, that's really what you're going to take that character to. And you know what? Okay, sure. You're you're making a movie. Um, you're gonna have some budget, but we're gonna find all the leftover uniform uniforms from the miniseries V on ABC, and that's what we're <laughs> gonna use for our army because nothing says like combat ready than some bright ass red uniforms. Oh, blue and red. Oh, the blue and red camouflage for the AN and the red uniforms for Bison's <laughs> Bison's people. Yeah. That's funny. I didn't realize I didn't realize they were the V uniforms, but they look very similar. They did, man. They look just like the V uniforms. Okay. You talk. I'm going to Google that, damn it. Okay. So Street Fighter 1994. This was the first wave of video game related movies. The Super Mario Brothers movie with John Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins had come out just a year before Street Fighter. And that is a piece of shit. Street Fighter, the movie, is much better because it's at least entertaining and goes by fast. Eh. <laughs> so hit us with the internet uh, movie database uh, tagline. I'm making it really hard to Google stuff in the middle of this. I just want to tell you. Um, so <clears throat> the IMDb's is a whole lot more interesting than the film itself. Colonel Guile and various other martial arts heroes fight against the tyranny of dictator M. Bison and his cohorts. Mm-hmm. That actually sounds like it might be okay. Oh, various other martial arts heroes. Like, yeah, there's going to be some martial arts, man. There'll be some fighting. Yeah. What did we talk about before we started recording that for a movie called Street Fighter, there is a huge lack of one thing. Street fighting. Yes. Street fighting. There's not enough street fighting. You know for a fact that Sonny Chiba was highly disappointed with this. <laughs> we, um, oh yes, I do remember. And if you have not seen them, the the Street Fighter, not Street Fighter, the Street oh. Fighter series from the seventies are pretty badass with Sonny Chiba ripping pe- ripping guys' dicks off. <laughs> and that was the first movie I've ever seen where. Like they, he would punch somebody on the top of their skull and they would show like an x-ray of the skull getting smashed Mm -hmm. in in the street fighter. Yep. I love the poster street fighter. If you have to fight, fight dirty. Yeah. There was the street fighter, 
like Revenge of the Street Fighter or Return of the Street Fighter and Street Fighter's Last Revenge. Like Sister Street Sister, Fighter. And Sister Street Fighter. Yeah. And they were fun, fun martial arts movies from the 70s. This you is know, not a you know good martial not arts a fun, movie. Yeah, you know it's not a fun <laughs> martial arts movie? This one. Yeah. So the director, Stephen E. D'Souza, has a hell of a resume. He is responsible for quite a few good movies. He was uh, the director or and writer, writer of Commando with Schwarzenegger, Jumpin' Jack Flash, The Running Man, Bad Dreams, which is a horror movie, Die Hard, Die Hard 2, Hudson Hawk, Ricochet with, uh, I think that is Ice-T and Denzel Washington. He wrote The Flintstones, Beverly Hills Cop 3. Street Fighter, Judge Dredd, not the good Judge Dredd, the, the awful one with Stallone. Turbulence, uncredited writer, knockoff, the Van Damme. Tomb Raider, the Cradle of Life, and a movie called Blast, which I have not seen. And that has, uh, looks like Eddie Griffin and Vivica Fox. Hmm. Interesting. So he's had a lot of good movies and he's had a lot of crap. Makes me wonder, like, his... Uh, his ratio of good movies, to, <laughs> good movies to bad. Cause if you've got, um, the Flintstones, judge dread turbulence and, uh, yeah, a movie called seven hour to seven hours to judgment. Never heard of that one. He wanted to make this movie with, and not make a tournament movie. And when you think of like, um, American martial arts movies, tournaments are always like a good part of the movie. Like if you watch enter the dragon, and even the Mortal Kombat movie, which we'll probably do eventually, because that's at least a fun video game movie that sticks to the heart of the movie. That's a tournament movie. But he didn't want to make it a tournament movie. He he was more interested in the backstories of all the characters. And let's make a movie about M. Bison's con- trying to control, you know, this tiny country and then control the world and all this kind of stuff like that. It just... Yeah, I just want to see people fight in a bathhouse or fight in the in a in a market on a pier. I just wanted to see E Honda be Japanese. Yes. E hoik. <laughs> thousand palm thousand palm strike. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. Ken, what the hell was up with Ken's posture? His, yeah, his, Ken, tough guy, his tough guy pose was he would sort of stick his head out like this, at like a weird angle. It was his tough guy pose. The only thing that every time I saw Ken, uh, he was awful as Ken, but I kept thinking of blood in, blood out. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was in that movie. Yeah. Fuck those locos forever. <laughs> you couldn't, yeah. get, couldn't, get, couldn't get that uh, accent out of your head. It's, t- it's a tough <laughs> one to get rid of. Yeah. Give me some chunt chunt, Ken. <laughs> okay, you took me off guard with that one. That was wow. So let's talk about the Street Fighter series a little bit that we if we touched on a little bit. Capcom has milked this franchise for all it's worth. Original Street Fighter game came out in 87. Street Fighter 2 came out in two and it came out Street Fighter 2 came out in 1991. And the champion champion edition came out later in '91. My favorite was Street Fighter II: The New Challengers because that included uh, DJ and a, a couple other, you know, a bunch of like um, who was the guy Fei Long? Who was the Bruce Lee mm-hmm. kind of want to be and Cami uh, and yeah, there's quite a few new additions to that one and. That was like my favorite 1993 Street Fighter 2, the new challengers. Street Fighter 2 Turbo was also pretty sweet. And that one had the Akuma, which was like the fabled hidden character who was like a mixture of Ken and um, um, Ryu, Ryu, Ryu. Ryu or Ryu? I don't know. Why do they say Ryu? Ryu, yeah. It's Ryu. And Ryu meaning a school or way of. But I'm sorry. It's not like I went and did that sort of stuff in Japan. So who would know, but okay. But, um, there was uh, Sakura Kasagano. There was Zeku. There was Goken. There was Hibiki DJ. You had Akira crimson Viper, 
Blade, Balrog, who I always thought was kind of lame. There was uh, Manat Vega, who I didn't take the time to learn um, how to play him. I loved M. Bison when you could actually yeah. get him as a playable character. Cycle Crusher. Character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there were Babyhead, Alex, and then the one that was like, um, um, oh my God, Arcano. There's so many. Those are just the ones that come to mind. When I first started playing the game, I, I kind of tended to gravitate towards Blanca. And because you could do the little electricity move and you did that one headbutt where it was like a double headbutt. Boop, boop, boom, you know, it hit and people. then jump on you and start chewing. Yeah, he would chew on you or he could, you know, turn into a ball and like shoot himself across the uh, across, across the uh, the screen. Because all you had to do was press back and then forward, uh, you know, forward fast and then one of the punch buttons and you could have him do that. Uh, I can never get the dragon punch for Ken and Ryu. Oh, never the, could do that. So instead of instead of the sweeping motion from the bottom, that kind of like down and then half back kind of thing. Yeah, and to then do they the, did the little punch up in the air. I can never do yeah. that. No matter what, I could I could kind of I could kind of get it, but not with any kind of consistency. And that's why yeah, Chun Li was my Chun Li was my favorite. But Chun Li was awesome because you could do that heel yep. bounce. If you yep. got them, if you could time it right, you could just bounce on top of their heads and with then their, sit there and tap, tap the kick, and then she does the the flurry of kicks. Mm-hmm. And she even had a uh, like a, a ranged mm-hmm. like fireball at one point after a couple of additions. Yeah, she could do that, and you'd press back and forward, and then she would do the little throw a little bubble out. I was pretty good, Guile with the uh, with the flip kick in the, the uh, razor kick or something. What did they yeah. call that? Sonic boom, Sonic boom. I always, I always. Um, would play against guys that did Dalsim and Sagat. And mm-hmm. I really hate, I hated that. I always had trouble with those two. Yeah. And Dalsim would stretch his arm out and shoot flames and stuff like that. Yeah. So I remember um, X-Men versus Street Fighter was kind of a cool game. And then they got to Marvel versus Capcom, which we talked about, I think last episode. And that wasn't, you didn't like Spider-Man and you had like uh, Shuma Gorath and all these really weird, obscure Marvel, <laughs> Marvel characters. Spider-Man just had, he had posture problems. Oh, speaking of which, I, uh, Spider-Man two PS five is it good. Yes. Well, someone just completed it with a hundred percent. Oh, nice. Damn. Yes. All trophies got all the trophies. So before we really dive into the movie, I just remember the arcade culture. If you wanted to play next, you would put your quarter on the little side of the, um, <laughs> on the, uh, the cabinet where it was raised up before the top of the controllers, you would put your quarter there and that would, that was you getting in line to play the next. Uh, yeah. But the thing I hated about this game was you're sitting there trying to like work on your timing and stuff. And some guy would like come in and put his quarter in. Yeah. I don't know and where start- you could learn. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I would just, I would just stand back and cross my arms. I'm like, have my, have my quarter dick. I was just trying to learn something and figure this out. But it was always those guys that they spent way too much time there that, that was what they had going on in their life was that they were good at that. Yeah. And they would like know every move and every, yeah. Yeah. Get you stun locked and they would beat you like, no, you couldn't get a single hit on them, hit on them. And, and then they always had those the most humiliating, like defeat animations when you got your ass kicked, like, go home and cry to mommy or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and there would be the countdown and, you know, one, you know, down to zero. And then they would do the, <laughs> so to, to all the guys that came up when we were trying to learn that um i'm sorry i'm gainfully employed and married now yeah they're probably still hanging out they're probably still hanging out in farmington new mexico that's all they had well i remember the student union building at unm had a had a arcade and that was where all the street fighter action would go down and one of the all-male dorm room had one in their little mini arcade. Hakona? Was a lot, yeah, I think it was Hakona. That was, they had a lot of people in there. And then we would go to this bowling alley slash video game, like arcade called the ice house. The ice house became a name for something else there. Yeah. There was a strip club named the ice house later. So somebody on this yeah. podcast had a job there. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> no, it must've been something else. Something with something with ice. Another thing was ice. In it, there was a like a bowling alley, pool hall video game place. I don't, I don't remember. But you lived uh, in Albuquerque a lot longer than I did, yeah. though. The putt putt golfing games up um, on um, God, not is it San Mateo? I think it's San Mateo. Across yeah, from TD Show Club. 
if they <laughs> it's it's weird you're using strip clubs as your navigational reference <laughs> in Albuquerque. No. It's so interesting to me. Uh, yes, because there was TDs North and TDs Eubank. <laughs> <laughs> it's where you go to see the TDs. Yes, and then but there was uh, Putt Putt Golf and Games, and they had the first time I ever saw the gigantic X Men cabinet, the one that had like two. It was basically two arcade cabinets melded together, and there was four. You know, you could play as a you could play as Wolverine, Cyclops, Storm, and Nightcrawler. Yeah, <laughs> we are twenty five minutes in, and we have twenty five minutes. Just laughing. just sent me a thing. Uh, we're twenty five minutes. Oh shit! Twenty five minutes, and we haven't even talked about the movie. All right. The most okay. Let's talk about the movie for a minute. The most famous thing about this movie is that Jean Claude Van Damme had a ten thousand dollar a week cocaine habit, <laughs> and he would sometimes not come out of the dressing room. He just wanted to work on his, I mean, out of his, out of his uh, hotel room. He would tell the, t- the the director that he wanted to work on his muscles, which he meant, you know, his nose nostrils. And he would, he had an affair with Kylie Minogue. So during that time as well. She was all lips and teeth, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She wasn't as, as good looking as I remembered her. And when I saw this movie, I'm like, well, she's all right. The real highlight was, uh, Chun Li, Ming Na Wen, she was um, memorable in this movie, in her little ninja outfit and her like circus outfit, and of course they changed her blue iconic outfit to red in this one with the little uh, with the buns on the top yeah, of her head. What was going on with that? Yeah, <laughs> this movie was pretty much a disaster because um, Van Damme turned this turned down playing Johnny Cage in the Mortal Kombat movie to star in this movie. What a mistake. I know. And he, the budget of the movie was $35 million and $8 million of it went to Jean-Claude Van Damme. And daddy, daddy got to pay for that habit somehow. Yeah. And Raul Julia also took a considerable amount of the budget as well. And he's the only guy who really comes off unscathed (laughs) from this movie. How sad that this was his last movie, though. Yes, it is very sad because he was uh, battling stomach cancer during this movie and had just finished chemotherapy. And they shot the movie kind of out of order so he could kind of gain some weight and get healthier to play play the character. But even when he was shoot, shooting the um, the movie, you could tell his face is a lot more gaunt than it was when he was, uh, you know... Um, Gomez Adams and stuff. He looked like he didn't look as, uh, as healthy, but his, he, his normal self. Yeah. Yeah. Badass is Gomez though. <clears throat> yeah. But so, he, so good. He was good in this movie. He really like was acting, even though he knew this material was shitty. He wanted to do something for his kids. Well, even, and, even stuff he was setting up for jokes. Yeah. He was still playing it. So super straight. Um, that was, that was actually kind of really fun to watch. Uh, I had such a distaste for this when you said, let's watch Street Fighter. And in the back of my mind, I thought to myself, something I think ever so often when we're watching movies for the podcast, and and it goes something like this. Fuck you, Eric. But <laughs> <laughs> however, however, when I started to watch it, um, I was just getting irritated because it's like, you know, if I want to watch a martial arts movie, I want to watch a martial arts movie. So I stopped it. And then realize like, okay, I'm not looking at this. I'm looking at this, how I would have looked at it when I first watched it. I'd have been pissed off and disappointed. Now I'm just going to watch it for what it is. And it was campy and it was stupid and it was kind of fun. Um, But you know, like crappy, crappy sets, crappy, crappy uniforms, over the top characters that made no sense in relation to the video games at times. Um, And that, that in turn led me to actually laugh quite a bit and how bad it was, which made it a whole lot more enjoyable. A hundred percent agree. I kind of turned, kind of turned down my expectations and this really was the first time I ever saw this movie. I think I, I, it looked so cheesy to me when it first came out that I just totally skipped it and I'd seen bits and pieces of it, you know, over the years, but this is the first time I actually sat down and watched it from beginning, beginning to end and I, I felt a lot like you did. I, I'm like, I'm going to turn my brain off and just kind of enjoy 
like you said, the, the, the sets were so shaky cause they were very shoddy. You know, they would like move something and you could see the, the foam rubber and the, and the plastic and other things that, and yeah. the sets would shake all the time. And when there's this part, when uh, bison is um, gassing our heroes and Chun Li's b- banging on the glass, you can see a big seam between the glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and Ron and the face though when he's doing that he's like yeah let's go let's go <laughs> waited the whole movie when i saw this in the theaters for the flip kick the flash kick whatever it was called mm-hmm. and i remember like there were dudes that cheered and i'm like this movie's going to be over in like five minutes mm-hmm. that's the only time we're going to get it didn't whip his comb out didn't didn't throw his little sonic booms at anybody nothing yeah Let's talk about the the budget. It was thirty five million dollars. It made ninety nine million at the box office, so it did make make uh, a profit. Um, it was a huge seller on VHS. Two hundred fifty thousand VHS rental tapes sold. So you got to think about the back back in the day for the rental market. This is before they would sell videos price to buy, where you could buy them for like twenty twenty bucks. You know, twenty five bucks. This is when you had to pay $89 for a videotape for rental. And the most of the majority of the profit would go to the studio and also a percentage of the rental profits would go to the studio. So if you it had to rent a lot to uh, make, make a lot of money, but it made to sold 250,000 VHS rental tapes. And that's a lot. And then on DVD, it, and this broadcast rights, it made Capcom $165 million in addition to the uh, the box office. So I was surprised they did make a sequel immediately because, you know, it was pretty, pretty profitable. But there was a huge fan backlash. I don't <clears throat> Did they ever release it? Because I don't remember ever seeing that. On DVD? Oh, it was it was a straight to DVD kind of thing? No, the sequel? Or- yeah. Was there, there a sequel? was a sequel movie, yeah, sequel sequel, where the original studio lost the rights, and they made this movie as like the Legend of Chun Li, and it had Kristen Keurig, the girl who was on like Smallville, and Chris um, Chris Klein, and it looks fucking terrible. You have to watch. Go to go to um, YouTube and watch some of the highlights of it. It looks really really bad, and it made zero zero money in a limited uh, theatrical release. I am doing that right now, actually. <laughs> oh my lord! Yeah, it looks it's really really bad. And Chris Klein is just corny as hell, just overacting, and it's it's really really bad. If you guys, if anybody gets bored watching you know, when you're finished listening to this, watch Chris Klein's performance in the uh, Chun Li <laughs> sequel to Street Fighter. You want to see something really bad? Look at Blanca's makeup. Oh yeah, that was freaking disappointing in this movie. Is the way they made Blanca look? He looked like a demented troll doll or something. He just—he <laughs> looked so shitty. Really bad. Okay. Um. Okay, we got okay. Kylie Minogue, boom. Kemi White. All right. Uh, Ryuichi, Ryu Hoshi. So I really okay. I'm gonna geek for a second. I wonder what the character they're using for Ryu is mm-hmm. because I have never seen it because it could mean a couple of different things. It could mean like school or system, but could it also mean like dragon or noble depending which character is used. Cause it's pretty, it's like there, there, there you can say like, mm-hmm. what do you do? But it depends on the character. It depends on the placement of it. So it's hard for, it's hard to know for stuff like this, but Ryu don't think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're, we're getting to the good one here. All right. Are you ready? Um, who played Gerard Balrog? Grand L. Bush. He doesn't like his middle name. What's his name? He hates his middle Grand name. Grand Bush, which was a lot of saw a lot of in Story of O. <laughs> <laughs> Grand Bush. So okay. the thing that is always that no, I. St- still griping, still griping, still griping, okay. still mm-hmm. griping, still griping. Um, Sergeant Thunderhawk. Thunderhawk's a huge dude. Yeah. Okay. And then you got Wes Studi, mm-hmm. right? Who look very Native American looking. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't he? We, why couldn't he have done that? Why couldn't we get a Thai guy to actually play the Thai guy? Mm-hmm. 
someone that looked like they'd done some Muay Thai. I'm still, I'm still so confused. Yeah, we got a kind of Russian-looking guy to play Zangief. Okay, I get that. Jay, uh, the dude that played Vega didn't look like a Spaniard at all. Yeah, it was just the the, the casting was all over the place. Jean Claude, of course, is Colonel William F. Guile. Ming Na Wen is Chun Li Zhang. Damien Chapa is Ken. <laughs> Vato's looking forever. <laughs> Kelly Minogue. Um, Peter Tuyasosopo as Edmund Honda. And E Honda to me was always a Japanese guy. Yeah. Not a, not a uh, Polynesian guy. Okay. I, yeah. He's Manu the Slender. Mm-hmm. He's always going to be Manu the Slender. Manu the Slender, right? Where is that from? You don't remember the um, the football movie where Scott Bakula, they, they bring him back to play, and they've got like a ragtag group of uh, football players, and like Kathy Ireland is the kicker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. plays uh, Manu Manu. Okay. Which, I just remember it him. It means, it means runt, of, runt of the litter. Mm-hmm. So they always, Rob Schneider, it does the play-by-play, and he calls him Manu the Slender. Necessary roughness. I never saw that. Never. Okay. It's mm. if you could sit through this movie, you could sit through necessary roughness because <laughs> necessary roughness actually has some genuinely funny times in it. So the guy, the character Balrog was supposed originally going to be M Bison because he's supposed to be like a takeoff on Mike Tyson, but they didn't want to get in legal trouble. So they made the boxer to Balrog and the bad guy into M Bison when it should have been the opposite. So yeah, but Raul Julia is general M Bison, Andrew, uh, hard to pronounce last name, as you would say, Zangief. And he was the one who looked the most like his character. Yeah, he did, but he didn't do He didn't hold his arms out and go, ho, 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 <laughs> in a circle. Oh shit. He was the worst to play. If somebody was good at him, because he could grab you. Like from super super far and yeah. just do the freaking pile driver on you or the spinning pile driver and oh my god! The worst part was is that while I'm watching this, my wife's coming in and out of the room and she's quoting Wreck It Ralph. Zangief is bad guy, but not bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, sweetheart, that was the one thing she kept repeating over and over. <laughs> so the Shadowloo Warriors, Raul Julia is Bison. And we got Miguel A. Nunez is DJ and Miguel Nunez is a, um, a star on the, po- the podcast here because he was in, he played spider. That's right. In return of living dead. I get and, those guys for you. Bison. This is damn enchiladas. His enchiladas <laughs> yes. He was also in Friday the 13th, a new beginning. And he had a run in with some enchiladas. Then he had a run in with fake Jason singing to his girlfriend in the porta potty. <laughs> Ooh, baby. <laughs> Yeah, it, this movie has an amazing critical consensus. We're 37 minutes in, so let's let's talk about let's, it. <laughs> let's hit this. Leonard Malton gave the film his lowest rating, writing that even Jean-Claude Van Damme fans couldn't rationalize this bomb. <laughs> R- Richard Harrington of the Washington Post said the film was notable only for being the last film made by Raul Julia, an actor far too skilled for the demands of the evil warlord, General M. Bison, but far too professional to give anything less than his best. That's <laughs> true. Critic Stephen Holden of the New York Times referred to the film as a dreary overstuff hodgepodge of poorly edited martial arts sequences and often unintelligible dialogue. Writing for Variety, Emmanuel Levy stated that the film suffers from the same problems that impaired Super Mario Brothers. It's noisy, overblown, and effects-laden and lacks sustained action or engaging characters. Levy commented on Julia, referring to it as his weakest performances accentuating each and every syllable as if he were reciting a Shakespearean role of grand emotional range. It's too bad for this is the accomplished actor's last film and is dedicated to him, but he was an egomaniac in the film. So it would make sense that he would speak that way. Yeah. Okay. So don't mean to talk to you about your, uh, your job there, Mr. Film critic, but um, you're dumb. All right. Oh, did you notice his paintings? Oh my God. So he had the John Wayne Gacy yes, clown painting of himself. No shit that I noticed that. I knew, you, I knew you would notice that. Yes. Oh, as soon as I saw the clown, I paused it to go get my wife. I'm like, babe, 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 take a look, take a look, take a look. Um, yes, because my wife studied criminal justice and uh, did quite a lot of research about those guys. 
You want to know something about serial killers and that kind of weird stuff? Just ask the missus. <laughs> uh, Leslie Felprin of Sight and Sound described Kylie Minogue as Cammy hilarious miscasting as a military wench with Heidi plates. The merest glimpse of her holding a bazooka and looking mean is enough to induce giggles in the most dour of viewers. David Hunter of The Hollywood Reporter said that the film is neither a satisfying martial arts exercise for star Jean-Claude Van Damme, nor the irresistible mainstream diversion it strives for. Audiences polled by CinemaScore give an average rating of B- on an A to F scale. That's noting very generous. That the, <laughs> noting that the majority of the crowd had been smoking weed and injecting heroin before they voted. It holds an 11% rating on Rotten Tomatoes based on 44 sober critics with a consensus reading, though it offers mild entertainment through campy one-liners and the overacting of the late Raul Julia, Street Fighter's nonstop action sequences are not enough to make a, f- a predictable, uneven storyline. In 2009, Time listed the film on their list of top 10 worst video game movies. Game trailers ranked the film as the eighth worst video game film of all time. The film also received two nominations at the Saturn Awards Best Science Fiction Film and Best Supporting Actor, a posthumous nomination for Raul Julia. If you look at the nominations of the Saturn Awards through through the years, they just loved movies, even if they're shitty, if they're science fiction movies or, you know, they would just nominate the, the worst direct for the, for the, for the awards. But I think it was, it's kind of funny to see that this movie would even be nominated for any award. That wasn't a Razzie <laughs> Razzie award. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't often, I don't often look to the Saturn awards as you know, the um, here, Hey, here's what I need to watch. I watch enough shitty movies on my own. Um, but thanks Saturn awards. Appreciate your, <laughs> I appreciate your efforts. I do did include the greatest line of dialogue from um oh, from god, Bison. Yeah. god yeah that was so <laughs> if awesome. you would please read it first. for you the day bison graced your village was the most important day of your life but for me it was a tuesday <laughs> <It's> <laughs> he, so said, good. he says it's so cold so and, and chun lee's look of shock when he says that <laughs> it's such a for me, such it a, was a tuesday for me it was a tuesday you so killed my funny. father. You killed my people. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote plot question mark, a severe lack of street fighting or any fighting. And even when you thought <laughs> Ryu, Ryu was sure. going to fight Vega that the, you know, Oh my God, there's actually going to be a fight. And then Jean-Claude Van Damme's tank breaks through the wall and um, stops it. You're all under arrest. <clears throat> I like for the American Air Force guy that he has a wonderfully thick, thick, thick French-Belgian accent. Yes. So I, I looked up Shadowloo, where Shadowloo is. It's uh, south of Parmistan and uh, north, of, and north, of, uh, north of Wakanda. So I got a real sick baby and a something, something <laughs> wife. Shadowloo. Isn't that, the, isn't that Shadowloo? I don't know. That's interesting. Don't you know, don't you know that song? Mm-mm. I'm just not getting your references today. <laughs> it's it's like we don't know each other. So yeah, Stagger Lee. You never heard Stagger Lee? Stagger Lee. Yeah. Do 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 do. Okay. And then I did that, but I inserted Chatteloo. Oh, kind of because okay. the way it runs. I don't even know why I tried. Maybe anymore. this maybe this movie just numbed me for the, ma- <laughs> the, the magic is gone. So. I love fictional countries, Shadowloo, Parmistan, Wakanda, the Corto Maltese, Genosha. Parmistan. Parmistan is right above Spaghetti Stan. <laughs> um, Latveria, is that where um, Dr. Doom is from? <laughs> yeah, Latveria. It's so good. <laughs> I just Dude, love me a fictional country. You're going to have a fictional car- uh, country, though. Come on. Wakanda forever. Boom, boom. Yeah, Wakanda. Those, absolutely. Wakanda's got That's got to be the way it goes. Mm-hmm. And then wherever Namor is from Namor. Yes. Namor. They call him Kukurkan. That was the best of that line. The winged serpent god. (laughs) Yeah. So the news reports at the beginning of the movie show General Bison taking over Shadowloo and uh, capture some relief workers demands $20 billion from the allied nations, which is, you know, a, a 
fictionalized version of the the UN. They do have the blue helmets like the UN does. So when (laughs) they capture Charlie Blanca, you're like, oh, God. And they try to do the super soldier serum on him to turn him into uh, some sort of a monster. The clearly labeled DNA mutagens. So at least we know (laughs) what's going on. And I'm sorry, but Charlie should have been really pissed. It's like, dude, they didn't know who I was until you're like, Charlie, hold on. I'm going to come and get you. <laughs> I know. And they see him like, oh, shit, he's standing right here. <laughs> what a coincidence. Well, let's experiment on this guy. <laughs> yes. When they when they experiment on Charlie Blanca, they they have these gigantic bags of, you know, looks like Mountain Dew Code Red and regular Mountain Dew and these bags. And one says DNA mutagens and the other one's like anabolic steroids or something. <laughs> yeah. Let's not forget that before they started torturing him. We got to see M. Bison's fighting prowess, which is kind of get behind the guy and grab his neck. Yeah. What was another movie that was like that? Oh, it was Batman and Robin where they used the big old cans, of, you know, crates, uh, like barrels of venom to make the inflated Bane in that movie. Yeah. Oh, so bad. The, the Iceman cometh. <laughs> <laughs> so many wonderful puns. Um. I really, Oh, sorry. I, for one, and I'm going to say it again, was completely shocked at the state of Kylie Minogue's lips and teeth. (laughs) I think the only way that you would be excited about that as an adult male is if you, if you did dentist, if you did dental work, (laughs) you'd look at that and go, okay, we'd get you my chair like that. We got to do, we got to do something about that. So they try to shoehorn as many characters from the game into the movie. No, there was no shoehorn. There was a battering ram full of characters. (laughs) Yeah. So Chun-Li is a reporter. She does a decent job. I would say as far as, you know, Raul Julia is number one. Jean-Claude, of course, is is snorting the scenery. And then you got got Chun-Li, Ming-Na Wen doing doing well. So those are the three people. I don't feel so bad about feel a little lecherous watching Ming-Na Wen because I watched Ming-Na Wen on um, the, the the Mandalorian show and was still feeling a little bit lechy and then realizing that she and I both still in our 50s. Yeah, she is. She is aging very, very well. Good genes. Oh, heck yeah. So E-Honda and uh, Balrog are her assistants, like cameraman, news van driver. Uh, Ryu and Ken are your wannabe arms dealers and they suck easy. Just simple. They're, they do not look like their characters. They do not act like their characters. Yeah. They're the comic relief. I did, however, like the crossover that they did in video games that you had M Bison jumping onto Dr. Robotnik's like floating ball thing. <laughs> yeah, yes, he did. To get stuff cooking. Did you notice the controls of said um Yes, vehicle? I did. Yes. They were the That was funny. <laughs> they were the that arcade was... sticks from a Street Fighter 2 game. Yeah. That but that's what I liked about. And again, because if you just turned it off, well that part of your brain that wanted to be critical and angry about it because of what they did to a beloved franchise and just laugh at like all the stupid stuff they wrote into it. They weren't taking themselves seriously with this movie. Yes. Not in the slightest. It was Batman. Yeah, it was like Batman 66. It was very campy. I was waiting for the Batusi and shark repellent. (laughs) So uh, Chun-Li looked good in her ninja outfit, in her dancer outfit, like the fake circus performer thing they were doing. And the stupid thing is what she should have done instead of blowing up all the arms that Sagat had uh, given to uh, sold to Bison in that truck and just exploding them outside the tent, they should have just drove it into the tent, blow up Bison, blow up Sagat movie over. You know? Oh, then, <laughs> then <clears throat> I've got it. Then we could figure out that like maybe and Bison took some of these mutagens. So when they blow him up, he comes out all twirly and blue and bright. Yes. Just like when he did a special attack and he lands and then he starts floating with his arms crossed like he would in the game. Yeah. And he's ready to just F stuff up. Mm-hmm. That would have been good. And then you die. You go. <laughs> <laughs> you what win. Was, and what, what was the, um, 
West Studi's character Sagat, what he said that his Iron Heart or like what he was did, his? He did like Tiger, Tiger. No, no, no. Tiger his, knee. his nickname when he said the former champion Iron Heart. Who was that? That was me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was Iron Heart or yeah, that made no sense to me. Yeah, it it made zero sense. <laughs> we talked about Jean Claude's accent is a total liability, especially when he's trying to do like a rousing speech. <laughs> it's like okay. Lots of gunplay and global politics, but no street fighting. We get to see his stealth boat, which for some reason got a lot of uh, a lot of screen time in this. The boat that's stealthy that says Colonel Guile on right, the side of it. <laughs> right on the side of it. They'll never they'll never see it coming. And he didn't put his chin strap on when he had his helmet on. He's too cool for that. Safety first. <laughs> and the the Allied Nations tells him, stop, we're going to give Bison his $20 billion. And there's Jean-Claude's like, fuck this. We're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to kick his ass? Eh? <laughs> Who's going to kick his ass, eh? To beat him with a baguette. Oh, it would have been so sad if he would, they would have told him that M. Bison was actually German and he surrendered right on the spot. <laughs> oh... Working in some World War II facts. You're I welcome. know. Hold on. Here, wait, 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 wait. Okay, cool. You know, there if you guys go. had taken care of business, my grandfather wouldn't have had to go over there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so there's finally some fighting at the end. You get an extended fight between um, Zangief and Honda that goes all over the place. Kind of funny. And no, none of their moves. Yeah, that was the most frustrating thing is that you're expecting – some of those cool moves in Benny, the jet, your I guess it would be, I can't even pronounce the last name. He was the, the uh, stunt quarter fight coordinator, but he didn't realize that everybody had different styles. So he taught them basically how to fight in one way and didn't realize he wasn't a fan of the video game or wasn't really aware of the video game that, Hey, everybody has a unique way of fighting. That's what makes this game fun is everybody has a specific way to fight. And uh, he gets a pass because of gross point blank. Yes. And uh, meals on wheels or wheels on meals. Mm-hmm. The, game, the one with uh, Jackie Chan. He had a really good fight in that one. Yeah. Making, making the real contact and pissing off Jackie a little bit. Yeah. That was good. That was a good fight though. So this movie just tries to shoe in, shoehorn in Dalsim as the scientist who makes Blanca. And then for no reason, he's got a full head of hair. And at the end, I guess it's because he had the mutagen spilled on him that he, uh, he has no hair and him and Blanca just decide to go and walk the earth like Kane and Kung Fu, <laughs> Kung Fu or something. You mean a bum. <laughs> Bacon tastes good. Pork chops taste good. Pork chops taste good. Sewer rat might taste like pumpkin pie, but I'd never know because I'm not going to eat the nasty motherfucker. <laughs> the only good signature move was the flip kick they had Van Damme do. At one time. I think he did it twice, maybe Maybe once or twice, twice. but nearly not enough to be entertaining. And they shot his fight scene with, uh, with Raul Julia up very, very close. So you could, you know, just see him swinging, but you didn't get to see any like distance to pull away to notice that there was either a stunt person or there was actually some fight choreography because they didn't have enough time to do any fight choreography or training because they didn't have it in the budget because Jean-Claude Van Damme demanded $8 million. (laughs) But everything I looked at said that Raul Julia was an absolute beautiful person to have on screen. I mean, yeah, on, on set. Was, everyone said he was so good, mm-hmm. so professional, so nice. Yeah. So, nobody had anything mean, uh, bad to say about him. You know, he was, he would look like he didn't have any energy, but as soon as they said, you know, start as soon as they, as soon as they started shooting, he, um, you know, sprung into action and did as best as he could and like a true professional. And yeah, good on him. Sad that this is his last movie. There's really not much else to say that, you know, good wins. Evil is vanquished. And yeah, <laughs> Street Fighter <laughs> with no street fighting. Uh, Neil hit the nail on the head perfectly. If you go in expecting like a tournament style martial arts movie, it's going to disappoint you. But if you're going in for some campy fun, this is very enjoyable. You know what? It made it even better 
if they would have thrown some ropes up the side of that temple and climbed up it like mm-hmm. Batman style. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been with the t- camera tilted. Yeah. With the camera tilted and the, and the wire and the Cape. So they're hanging straight back. That would have been so good. It is funny in intentionally and unintentionally um, watch it just for Raul Julia. He does a, a great job and it's just super cheesy. I did include vultures ranking of every video game movie ranked from bad to worse. And I forgot a lot of these video game movies existed. Postal is number 50, and that's an Uwe Boll movie. And I don't even remember the video game. I just know it was like a first-person shooter, very poorly done game. Then Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time with Jake Gyllenhaal in 2010. I barely remember that it even was even made. Assassin's Creed, I forgot that there was a movie for that as well. Oh, it was Michael so. Fassbender was in that one. Yeah, they they didn't even. Oh, I I tried watching it. You know the one that I had the most hope for, but then did they didn't give us was Wing Commander. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun game on PC way back in the day. Alone in the Dark is hilarious if you have not seen it. It's got um, Christian Slater and Tara Reid playing uh, scientists and zombies. It's super, super cheesy. Need for Speed. Never saw that one. Warcraft is number 45. I think it should be up a little higher because it's not terrible. It's not great, but it was all right. Yeah. You know, I skipped all the way to number one, and this was a movie that I did not realize was a video game, but that I recommended to you and Dave, and I'm glad uh-huh. that they like it because I'm reading what they said about it. It goes, they did it. They made a really good little video game movie, Werewolves Within. Yeah, I didn't even realize it was a video game until, until I, I saw it. I didn't either until I saw it. Did, did you watch that yet? No, not yet. Dude, seriously, put it on your watch list. You will enjoy it. You I will enjoy that. it. You have to. <laughs> no, you're going you're gonna to say that, but then next week we're going to come around and talk about another shitty movie. I'm like, hey, did you watch Werewolves Within? No, sorry, I didn't get around. I watched a lot of football. <laughs> so I looked at all the behind-the-scene footage. I watched some obscure 70s softcore movie. <laughs> yes, but you won't watch Werewolves Within. <laughs> I have to. Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is awful. So, so bad. Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li from 2009. Five Nights at Freddy's. Andrew liked that. He said it was pretty good. I think it's too new to put it this low. You need to give it a perspective. Andrew liked it quite a bit. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. I have. I'm working I'm working my way backwards from the top and taking a look. The Resident Evil, the Resident Evil movies, I'm surprised that um, one or two of them is... is as low as they are yeah. because I mean, for a straight up horror movie, action horror movie, they're not all that bad. Yeah. We're not bad. Uncharted. Never saw that silent Hill revelation. Never saw that one. I saw the original silent Hill movie. That's not bad. Holy crap. Double dragon. Oh God. That looks so bad. It had like Alyssa Milano in it. And, uh, I watched it. Terrible. It had Melissa Alano. I watched that one. I watched yeah. Alyssa Milano. House of the dead. That's another really bad one. Silent Hill. Yeah, that's a decent one. It's not bad. Love the, you love those games, man. Mm-hmm. Those were the first games that actually scared the shit out of me. Like you'd be playing at night and the the controller would like beat, like the heartbeat when it got closer. And then like the radio sound would get, get louder when the monsters showed up. Uh, scary. <laughs> that's pretty good, Neil. That's right. <gasps> <laughs> Dead or Alive which is one of those fighting games that was just fun, but all the women were super, super, super like exaggerated. They even had that dead or alive beach volleyball game with the half naked ladies for Xbox. What did we have? (laughs) Rampage yet. Another something Dwayne, the rock Johnson got a hold of and ruined. Yeah. Um, not so great. The 2021 Mortal Kombat coming in at 31 when it actually had like pretty decent fight choreography too. I was very, very happy with that. Yeah. The fight choreography and like the special effects are really good, but I could give a shit about the main character. He was so bland. I just couldn't tell you anything about him. And like, you know, they should have focused on like the actual people like Sub-Zero or Scorpion or some of the people that care about. 
Sub Zero nice. and Scorpion stories were 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 really good. Yeah, and very tragic. You figured that 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 would make for a kick ass movie. The new Super Mario Brothers movie. I have not seen it yet. Andrew thought it was good. I've not seen it with uh, Jack Black and Chris Pratt. Yeah, no desire. I, I <clears throat> it's one of those like okay, I probably probably might watch it, but then I've re- I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Every time I hear Chris Pratt's voice, I feel like sticking something into my ear so hard um, that I see blood and fluid. Mm. I have not seen either of the um, Sonic the Hedgehog movies. You're good then. You're fine. I'm fine. Yeah. I, st- <laughs> I tried to watch the second one and I couldn't get all the way through it. It was pretty bad. Original Mortal Kombat we've got to do eventually. Yeah. So off the top of your head, before we call it quits for the day, name your favorite fighting games. Oh, favorite fighting games. Yeah. Um, Street Fighter two. Okay. Street Fighter two, Street Fighter two, turbo, um, samurai showdown, uh, Tekken, Yayar Kung Fu and karate. All right. Right off. Oh, remember karate master. That was awesome. Yeah. The one with the two sticks. Yes. Yeah, yeah that was it. To, that's the one. Karate was, yeah, Master. My, karate Master, yeah. Yeah. But those cool. those would be and I did say Yaya Kung Fu, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, cool. Those would be my top. Okay, Street Fighter 2, the new warrior or new challengers, uh, original Street Fighter 2, I will say Soul Calibur. The original really? one for Dream for Dreamcast. I love that one. I thought it was amazing. I hated the swords. Then um let's see the I like the arcade punch out where it was the over the shoulder perspective. Buddy blow, buddy blow. Well, yeah, that was uppercut. that was yeah. that was awesome. Um Samurai Showdown was really good. Um Marvel versus Capcom, I know you didn't like it, but I quite I enjoyed it quite a bit. Those were fun. And that's when you could tap out and get a new person in coming in and help you if you were getting your ass kicked and switch characters. And yeah, those are probably the the top ones for me. The, uh, I remember the, uh, spending a lot of quarters on street fighter, a lot, a lot of, and, uh, we were huge arcade fans and we probably spent our, uh, you know, every, every quarter we could get scrounge up on video games back in the day. Okay. Dude, to this day, <clears throat> I rarely carry cash and if I have any change, I usually keep it in a little, little divot in my truck because I might need it for parking. But now even parking, you can just tap to pay. Mm-hmm. But I, st- I still covet quarters for that very reason. Same here. It's just, man, like if I don't want to get my, get my hand on a couple quarters, it feels so satisfying. I'm like, Ooh boy, back in the day I would have, Ooh, hit that Gallagher machine. <laughs> things I would have done with this and Samurai Showdown. Uh, they did have um, the collection on for PS4. I don't know if it's hmm. PS. I don't know if it's PS5 compatible. If it is, I might have to get it. Yeah. I know I almost fired up uh, Street Fighter 2 this week, but didn't have time to do it. So I bought the, for the Nintendo Switch, I bought the Street Fighter 2 collection. Yeah. Same here. I own that one. Yep. Yeah. I didn't quite, I don't like playing it on the Switch. Mm-hmm. The, I just, the controls are just not, it just doesn't do it for me. I think I, I think I traded it back in for like one of the Zelda games or something. Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom. That's, <laughs> I actually did that right before we started recording. Oh, you did. <laughs> so next week we're going to do over the top with Stallone, the f- famous arm wrestling movie. And um, Neil's wife, Sammy made a good, a good suggestion for next year's uh, Turkey month. Transylvania six, 5,000. Yes. Which I have not a thought of in forever and ever and ever. We were clicking, we were clicking through movies and it, the trailer for it came up. If you leave it on one long enough, it shows you the trailer. Uh-huh. And Sammy was talking about how she just loved that movie as a kid and was watching it. Was got like uh, Ed Begley Jr. Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Wasn't Elvira in that one? I don't know. And then uh, the the racist dude from Seinfeld. Oh, Michael Richards. Michael Richards. Yeah. Not going to argue that when you don't scream the N-word that loudly <laughs> in a comedy club if you're oh, not yeah, a little yeah. bit racist. Yeah, exactly. So you can't judge somebody based on that one thing. Yeah, but could you? Yeah, I, could, yeah, I think I could. One time you do that, you're pretty much, you know, 
yeah, you're pretty much hemmed. You're pretty much hemmed in. Yeah. <laughs> you pinned yourself into a into a place. Painted yourself into a circle, sir. Into a corner. Into a circle. What the hell? I'm not even drinking. So turn your baseball back. Sorry, damn it. Turn your baseball bats. Turn your baseball hats backwards and join us next week for over the top. top. Well, you <laughs> know, I just I do this. It's like I put myself in a certain state of mind. My, my kid's like in a military school and he's like hanging out with me in my truck. He's crazy. <laughs> oh, hit us up, RVS Podcast 222 at gmail.com. Uh we are on Instagram and X and Facebook. So check us out. You haven't had any issues posting on the X lately. Thanks, Yay. Elon. Thanks, Elon. I am getting all kinds of weird things in my feed that I have not even looked at or wanted to look at, a.k.a. weird political stuff, but whatever. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week and do so by avoiding this film. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Retro Video Store Podcast.